Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lore Master Investigations, where we muse over the tabletop role-playing game genre. I'm Cody. And I'm Joe. And we're here in our in our floating castle. Yeah. Castle in the sky. But anyway, how have you been, Cody? I've been well. How have you been? I've I've been all right. It's it was it was a a, a very a very uh it's been a it's been a monumental shift between our recording sessions. It feels right. like. But yeah. Nice. Um yeah, I mean I've I've uh been playing playing the games of the videos. <laughs> um yeah, it's still a lot of Among Us, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I but, mean that's fair. Uh and yeah. Reading comics books. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How how how's about you? You you have to anything fun lately? Um yeah. Uh Destiny two just released its DLC. Okay. So I've just been playing that nice. with all of with all of my spare time. In fact I just got done playing it before we started this. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. Getting, getting I know, prepped. right? But anyways, yeah. Oh, who's that little guy uh hopping on over? Hop, 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 hop. You know, the sound that hops make. Oh, it's Bookie. Is he still upset with me? No, I think he's cool with you. He's he's nice. He's shaking he's shaking his little he's shaking his very fancy bookmark that looks like a tail. Because we're what going a, with the, adorable. We're going with the book dynamic. Yeah. Oh, Bookie, do you have a question for us? All right, so I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scratch you below the chin. All right, he opened up and said, "Hey, Lord Masters, I'm a long time listener, first time writer, and I have a question for you. What are some tips and tricks that you guys use to uh, add, so, uh, making combat fun, unique, or otherwise unusual?" Gasp. Ooh. So yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing, Cody. Is yeah, I have some thoughts about this. I'm sure you do too. Uh uh-huh. You know, I th- I think that combat's kind of like one of those things where it's a tricky needle to thread. Uh, because oh, 100. I feel like you know, uh, when you when you start off, like you, as you, I feel like even if you have like an experienced table of players around you, you still want those first couple encounter combat encounters to you know kind of be not by any means simple, but like. Nothing too too out of the ordinary or crazy. I think you want to, you know, make them feel cool and and make them feel powerful early on. But as you as you kind of roll through, right? It, it's interesting because it's like, you know, as your party becomes more powerful, you have to make some difficult decisions. Where it's like, do I start throwing like literally thousands of dudes at them? Do I throw a potentially very dangerous monster at them? You know, uh, all or of the, both or both, right? Uh, and you know, I feel like it's it's like a different th- a difficult thing too because you don't necessarily want to sacrifice things like narrative flow or character growth. But hey, there've been lots of fun things that we've done. Um, I'm sure not only in in the campaigns we've played together, but in other campaigns in our life, where we sort of have experienced uh, unique things that um, can make a, a combat you know kind of outside of the box. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to start with a question for you, our our um, our our honorable DM. So oh. 
What's your favorite gimmick that you have added to a combat encounter? Hmm. You know, this one's tough because I've run so many encounters at this point that I it's hard to keep them all in track. But um, I think the most memorable one, I don't know if it was my favorite, but it's definitely like something that I still remember to this day was you your party was in a castle and a army of people were going to storm the castle and they brought all sorts of things they brought people they brought flying creatures they brought like basically like giants to storm the walls and i gave you guys basically the attack on titan zipline gear mm-hmm where you could go from, like, place to place, and as long as you were within, like, X amount of distance on the X and Y plane from an object, you could theoretically, like, be float, like, flying through as if you were zipping onto, like, trees and, like, mountains or other giant creatures and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think a, one of you or two of you, I can't exactly remember who... But, um, yeah, some of you were, like, on zip lines and doing that whole thing, trying to kill these, like, giant ogres that were trying to basically destroy the castle walls. And that was a pretty fun encounter. And it was still, like, very combat heavy. Like, I, I didn't really introduce anything that was otherwise, like, complicated besides that. And that was just a really fun thing where, like, you guys were like, oh, well, if we, you know, if we work together, we can knock out this, like, giant ogre that's going to, like, tear through the castle wall. And, uh, yeah, that that was pretty fun. But, yeah, I've done a lot of different encounter types. Um, but that's the one that sticks out in my head. But that was also a very large encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most complicated encounter that I ran because there were so many factors, like, there were dozens of enemies, dozens of allies doing stuff at the same time as you guys. So, but yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah. I, you know what, that would, that would be my answer as well. Um, from, nice. And and I think the, the other thing that kind of made it cool, as you said, like you presented a force that like, if we were running it like actual D and D combat, where it was like, kill all the dudes, uh, it probably would have taken a month, like minimum. So it was cool because you kind of had stage stage things. There were like a, a set of objectives, and if we completed enough of the objectives, then combat, you know, or the the encounter um, would end. So I thought that was really cool because, you know, it looked like your big cinematic final battle, and it was in so many ways. But it wasn't just like grind through a million dudes. It was, you know, uh, do these things in these orders, and so. Uh, between that and 3D maneuver gear, I believe I ended up on a dragon at one point. That was yeah, that was fun. You were riding one, I think. Yeah, I also got fucked up real bad in that battle. I mean, who didn't get real messed up in that fight? That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, that was a pretty. That was a pretty dangerous encounter to run. That is true. So my question for you is: What makes combat unique? unusual or otherwise different from what is considered typical for you um you know i i think the the big thing for me um is i always appreciate it when there are um what 
like environment rounds basically because i think Mm -hmm. it throws in uh, a fun element um that is you know a little bit more um a little bit more unique i i also like just the the idea of the ticking there there's also encounters too that will have elements of like a ticking timer so i guess a a timer is the better way of, of phrasing that but uh, you know, like the environment round kind of acts as like a like a ticking clock, uh, because you know it's like, oh well, it has an equal chance of hurting the things we're fighting, but like you know, it could also hurt us. So I believe we've we have fought in places where like the ceiling or the roof has been collapsing, um, or the other thing is, you know, it's like you have X amount of time to do a thing before, um, um you know, something very, very bad happened. So I remember one encounter that stands out and was quite unique in that um, basically we had to um, channel a spell for, I believe, like a full minute, which in D&D terms is like 10 rounds of combat, something like that. Um, And and basically everyone else had to like, you know, take, you know, make the occasional hit or take the occasional hit to keep this creature distracted so that, you know, other characters could kind of channel this powerful spell at them. Uh, And so that was interesting because it was a ticking clock in that, um, you know, uh, people weren't necessarily going for the kill. They weren't going for the destruction, but um, there was like a very clear tread, you know, uh, treacherous thing hanging above our heads where it's like if we didn't get this all figured out within 10 rounds of combat then we were going to be in a really bad spot um and i think one one last thing i like too is uh, i'm i'm fond of combats where the goal isn't necessarily to kill everything on the screen um I, just because you know it's like um we've we've done really interesting encounters where it's been like we have to we're we're being chased and we have to get far enough away and like things will pop up and we'll have to like kill those things but with like the whole knowledge that like it is possible to like disengage and run away or um if we if we were to sit around and like literally fight every everything that came our way like it would be literal like hordes of creatures um Again, I guess one last thing, not to draw this question out too much, but um, I also like encounters where there's like an interesting challenge to the party. Um, so once again, this is along the same lines of like not killing everything. But I remember like a pretty unique encounter that ultimately kind of went pear-shaped. Um, unfort- it was really unfortunate because I thought it was a really interesting thing, even though I think it led to one of the most heated conversations we've ever had at our particular table about um, the one character didn't want us to use uh, lethal damage because uh, these were like some of these these people we were fighting were her relatives. And so it was basically this whole conversation about like what does and does not constitute non-lethal damage. Uh, and then we came up with our own like ridiculous asinine rules for non-lethal damage because of how angry I was getting about non-lethal damage being as simple as saying I'm going to do this non-lethally. But I thought it was interesting because I, I, I really enjoy kind of adding, you know, a, another level of challenge. So 
either something that it feels like you're building towards a big climactic or disastrous thing if you don't do it in time or combat where there's like another there's another win condition outside of uh kill everything on the stage um i think those would be my two answers just because after a while it starts to feel a little bit like a beat-em-up you know yeah for sure i mean i've i my school of thought for running encounters anymore is that if killing is the only option, then you are running a standard dungeon crawl. Yeah. And if, if that's what your players want, then that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, fine. you know, feel free to go nuts. But I do think there are times where killing everything or just I want to hit the thing with the sword until it dies is not the only answer or the only way to create encounters so yeah. yeah anytime anytime i can add a objective or a twist or what have you like if if killing is the only option i want something else to be special about that encounter sure. whether it's a monster ability or like you know like you've said the ticking time clock or an environmental thing but yeah i agree yeah i mean it's just it's, it's little things right but i i like the idea that it's not just like and, you know, sometimes there are nights where I just want, I do just want to, like, stab a bunch of stuff or smash a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. But sometimes I like to give myself that kind of, like, next level challenge. I feel like it's important for developing your character and things like that. Okay, so my... Yeah, my, variety is the spice of life. That is true. All right, so my next question for you is, if you could go back and change one combat encounter you didn't think quite worked, what would it be and why? Hmm. Probably the final encounter of the six, which was our previous campaign. Okay. Um, so it was a big, it was a big boss that was resistant to a lot of stuff. Um, however, you guys quick, very quickly figured out that like what you needed to do. Um, I just I, I kind of wish it had a little more health and had a couple of unique abilities outside of what I did. Because um, at the end of it, the the quote unquote like extra thing that I added is that when it died, it basically turned into like a a black hole, mm. and so the party had to make a choice, and that choice was who was going to go or if if the party was fast enough they could escape it but the npc that was with them would not so it was kind of this moral dilemma of should we try to save the npc who's been helping us or do we let him go to save our own skin and um and because i know this group well enough it would be a dilemma for them because all of them want to throw their bodies on the sacrificial pyre so um I wish that combat encounter for the final boss wasn't just slap it until it dies kind of a thing. I wish I had done maybe another another mechanic where like more tendrils would pop out and like the party would also have to deal with those. Mm -hmm. um, or some kind of like extra thing that it could do. Because it, was, it wasn't like, like I think you guys were pretty close to dying, but it wasn't like... It wasn't quite as climactic as I was hoping it was. Sure. But it was also the first time I'd ever been like, 
tasked with here's a campaign ending boss what do you do and it's like uh i don't know i'm just a like I had never gotten to that point, you know, most campaigns that I had ever ran or been in never make it past five. And I think you guys were level 10. So um, I think if I would have redone like the entire thing, it would have been similar to what I did with it would have been a gauntlet of battles, like a series of battles of you guys getting up to the final boss and the final boss wouldn't have would have been like the creme de la creme of the fight if i would have done that i think that would have been a more a more intense battle because you guys would have been so resource deprived and then you'd have to deal with this super boss but yeah um but yeah that's tough because like it's a big final boss you want to make it tough but you don't want it to be too impossible so like and once you get past level five it's kind of a crapshoot on what is considered a difficult encounter based on what the party has access to at any given moment. Cause like, you know, uh, if your party is a bunch of spellcasters, then they usually have options. Right. And so there's not a whole lot you can do to be like, well, the, the, the wizard needs to think more about the choices they have because the, the creature's immune to this. And that's usually their signature spell. Um, because I'd have to do that with everybody and everybody was a very unique and different class. So, um, yeah, that's about, I think that would be the only one that I'd like to, that's the only one that comes to mind at least in my sure. brain space. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's, I, I, uh, I, it's interesting, right? Because it's, what you said, like you said, like, I feel like final battles are a really interesting, like needle to thread even more so than regular combat just because you know it feels like it's this culminating thing and so uh you know it's it's i I think it also kind of just boils down to you know you want to give them a challenge but god how depressing would it be if you had a tpk at the at the climax of the story right like right right it, it would it would be it would be a borderline devastating like i feel like you know i I, I've said on the show, I, I've tried to become a little less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little less, like, um, a, stuck on my, my D&D characters, right? Where it's like, or a little less protective of them. Because, you know, I think that there's can be interesting aspects if a character dies or if they, you know, quote unquote, retire from the party or something like that. But you know, theory, in, in theory, if you, if you hit level 10 with a person, that means you've invested at least, you've invested a fair amount of time with them. If you get even further than that, you've invested a lot of time in them. Um, and, and, you know, if you get to the final encounter with the character, like, I say that I don't mind if my, my D&D character dies, but if you get to that final encounter, you kind of want them to stick around a little bit longer. So you want to see him be triumphant. Sure. And then my last question for you. If you were in a contest to make the wildest encounter for your players, what would you include and why? Interesting. Um, I think... And if it adds any tension to it, I am one of those players. I, th- I think that... 
I I think that um, what I'm looking for in a big in a in a wild encounter, I would probably go and um, include like various. Uh, I would include some some like tension traps, some some like some plate traps, kind of like in the game Hades, which I've been playing a fair amount of lately, which I think adds little bit of tension like obviously once the first one gets triggered you can kind of see um where they're going to be from there uh so i would also include some environment um some environment things like a uh perhaps a a you know uh falling ceiling tiles things along those lines and then i think the last thing is um i've been starting to become really interested in adding layers to combat um, mainly because my character was given a grappling hook at the beginning of this, of like, it was something that came standard in my artificer kit that I was playing with. And so I've been having a lot of fun, like trying to get above the combat and then like, you know, kind of moving through space in, in a way, um, that I can, you know, flank people or get behind people or, you know, um, get a bird's eye view, which is, is kind of made, started making me feel like a Batman. And I think it's a, a neat thing to kind of add multiple dimensions to a combat. But I think the biggest thing would be um, in the court. I, I feel like the biggest thing would be that the, the main objective, the main enemy that you're trying to fight has a charged something that is charging over time. But I think for me that knowing that there is a charge uh, something charging up adds all kinds of unique tension to it because it really does make it feel like we have to move and we have to move now. Um, I think a, a good example of, of that in, in our recent game is um, the the combat where we had to like kind of break these tethers that were connected to various um, creatures that we were fighting. And once you broke those tethers, you could start to damage the sort of big blob in the center. Um, I thought that there was something really unique about that because it felt like if we had not focused on, you know, if we had um, let that go further, it would probably have gotten gone really bad for us. So uh, I think my big things is I would have a, a, a uh, environment aspect. So something that would, you know, maybe something that would collapse or uh, a storm or brewing or something like that, adding multiple layers for your characters to interact with. And then sort of that, like I said, that ticking clock of a villain in the corner where the longer you let it be, the more dangerous it becomes for you and your party overall. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a lot, but. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the thing about combat in general is like, once you get the hang of doing standardized combat, the only thing you can do from there on, at least in my opinion, is get, get crazy and go wilder, like getting, you know, units with magic and unit, you know, and then interesting, like, elevations and all, all you know, you, you just keep getting more complex with your encounter design until you get to a certain point. Like, I think if I wanted to do a really wild encounter, um, it would be on two airships that are like side by side right mm -hmm. like maybe it's maybe it's a gang of pirates or whatever that are attacking your airship so and you're like fifty thousand million feet above the earth as like 
these guys kind of latch on to you. So there's like varying elements like these pirates are getting over on like these rope anchors. Uh, you also don't want to fall over because if you fall over, you die. And um, and then from there, I would include like the enemies also have some kind of cannon that they can load. And then that cannon, if they can get it to load and shoot, it'll do a ton of damage to not only the ship, which could eventually go down, but then also do a ton of damage to the party or the other NPCs that might be involved. Um, and then that way, like, the objective is, like, defend against the pirates, but also, like, you need to find some way to maybe either disable that cannon or detach very quickly and get away from them before the cannon can, like, do some serious damage. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that way you add, you know, basically everything that you're suggesting. You know, there's there's a, you know, the environment is like, don't fall off. And, like, you know, if you want to get over to that cannon, you have to traverse that scary rope. Right, like that—that that in and of itself is like a very da- dangerous and treacherous pit that could spell death for you and your, uh, your fellow compatriots. Yeah. Uh, any yeah. any final thoughts about unique or, or uh, unique or, or um, unique combat? There we go. Um. Yeah, I think my final thoughts are it's actually fairly easy to make something unusual. I think the very basic form of combat is there is an enemy in front of you, you defeat it. As soon as you add more layers to that, like the objective being different, the environment being different than what you're normally doing to, you know, basically change everything about what is what you consider normal. And suddenly for your players, it is a wild and unusual thing like um like our that set piece battle in the first question where there was this huge army i was just like all right i don't know like i think my only thing was like i'm this is going to be the most complicated fight of the game i want it to be i want there to be so many layers that the players are going to have basically decision paralysis as they try to figure out like what is the most optimal thing for the party to do and ideally it was to figure out what is the best way to help these people whose castle was getting sieged um some of the other encounters that we've done like the blob monster you mentioned i was like yeah the the extra layered mechanic is that this blob creature was tethered to basically everything in the room and the more they untethered these creatures the more vulnerable it became, but the angrier it got. So if like they hadn't dealt with the the blob quickly enough, you know, it would have, you know, unleashed like these, you know, additional tethers since they were cutting off all the tethers and stuff like that. Like, you know, as soon as you add another element, it becomes unusual. It becomes different. And it doesn't actually take that much. Like you don't have to, comp over complicate the rules you just need to like think about what can i do to up the ante on a on just standard combat like if it's three bandit three bandits what can you do to make that different than just kill three bandits and you're good to go yeah for sure i think that's i think that's ultimately my last thought as well is just if if uh you know over over time it's gonna 
you know, uh, it, it, it keeps your players in the game and, and thinking and trying to come up with unique solutions. And so, you know, uh, start off small, give them, give them some simple couple bandits, make them feel strong and powerful, and then start uh, showing them what the world of D&D can really be like. So, Yeah. Hey, Cody. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Oh, Bookie seems very happy, have... by the way. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, I might have an answer for you, but we'll we'll see. I for I forgot I forgot that was part of the bit is that we have to make sure that Bookie's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, hey Cody, if people like this episode and they want to learn more, where's a place that they can learn more? They can go to our website at www.fandomroulette.com, where all of our episodes go up as they're going live. Um, you get more information there about us as, you know, podcasters. You get more information about the stream that we do every Sunday and Monday. And then if you go all the way to the bottom, right be- right above our social media links, if you want to chat with us, uh, there's a little form you can fill out. If you have a conversation that you'd like us to muse on for Loremaster Investigation. Yes. And hey, Cody. If people want to listen to this episode or tell a friend about it, but they don't necessarily use the same podcasting apps, where are some places that people can find episodes of the show to tell a friend to go and listen to it? We're all over the internet, my dude. We're on the YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, basically all of your podcatching apps. All you got to do is search Fandom Roulette. And hey, if people want to uh, follow us on social media, send us a funny meme they saw or things along those lines uh where's some social medias that they can find us on to say hi to us to well if you're twitter savvy we are fandom r underscore podcast but if you're more of a facebook or instagram user we're there we're on there as well just search fandom roulette and hey um is that oh is that it oh man uh Mm -hmm. please I'm so sorry. Please remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, yeah. Uh, ring the bell. Leave a comment. Tell a friend. Give us five stars if you're on an app that does a star rating because, um, you know, things like that help us to move up the ranks, help us to get on the radars of people who aren't necessarily, like, you know, in your initial friend group or things like that. And it helps us to keep making these fun um, things for you to listen to and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate it. We know there's lots of stuff out there for you to listen to and to engage with. And, and thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, so signing off for Phantom Roulette, this is Joe. And I'm Cody. And as always, stay nerdy. Stay super nerdy. Stay super nerdy.